Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Kelly. And you're listening to ODFM. This episode is one dating app from murder. Yes, <laughs> and this is why we do not want to be on dating apps anymore. I'm moving you up on the screen there. Oh dear. Oh dear. I know. Okay, so this is the story of Nicole White. She's a 28-year-old recently single mother of two, which seems really young to me. How old? 28? 28. Single mother, single mother of two. Okay. Yeah. She's from Orting, Washington. Orting. Orting? Orting. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Ording, Washington. Ording, Washington. And you got two young kids at home. Yeah, I mean, dating app would be the way to go, right? I know. You think it's... Oh, God. You think, you know? (laughs) So it's 2015, so it's not long ago. Okay. And at this point, Nicole's sons are only eight and four. Yeah. Yeah. Where where else are you going to... Parent-teacher conferences? Like, where are you going to meet people? Like... (laughs) I know. Yes, not traditional ways. The bar or church Mm. or the church bar. (laughs) The church bar. <laughs> that's, that's not a bar. Oh. That's supposed to be communion. That's oh, whoops. <laughs> I've been doing what it wrong. They, what are they passing out the snacks? It's not snacks. It's not. Can I have another of <laughs> right, Jesus' exactly. blood, please? Right. Why are you being so stingy? Give, Jeez, give, give me, me like a blood. handful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's where we go to hell. Yes. Sorry, okay. Mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay, so Nicole and... The boy's dad, her son's dad, are going through a bitter custody battle over the kids. So that sucks, too. Yeah, seriously. Luckily for Nicole, her family all lives nearby. So her mom and her dad, they're divorced, but they have different houses. They're close. Her sister's there, her best friend. So she's got a lot of support. And in fact, to save money and for the extra help, Nicole lives with her mom. Oh, okay. So that she can help with the boys, save money while she's working. And she's looking for a good job to support her family. But in the meantime, her family's helping her. She's got, I think, a retail job. So, you know, it doesn't pay great, but she's Mm -hmm. looking for something a little better. Ording, where she lives, is a small rural area with a population between seven and 8,000 people. So very small. Very small. Yes. A river runs through it, fed from Mount Rainier. And it's gorgeous, like tree-filled, forested, gorgeous area area of low crime and where most people know one another. So why are we doing this story? I know. <laughs> what do you mean low, low crime? crime. I we know. don't do low crime. <laughs> no, this is a high crime podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Since it is a low crime area and most people know each other, Nicole's excited to raise her boys there. And Nicole's dad, Eddie Nieto, 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 I think, okay. describes her as kind, vibrant, and loving and always available to help others. I know. Her best friend, Carrie, said Nicole always described herself as Irish-Mexican. So her mom is this super white, blonde, you know, Irish gal, and her dad's <laughs> Mexican. And so she's like this combination and Irish-Mexican. So I wonder which skin did she get? Did she get the, she can be out in the sun, or did she get the... <laughs> she got the good combo. Did she so get the good combo? she can be in the sun. She can. Oh, I know. She is unlike jealous. us. I know. <laughs> unlike us. I'm jealous. Yeah, and she was super tiny. She's only four foot nine inches tall. Whoa. I know. So she's, My 11-year-old is taller than her. I know. I know. <laughs> she's, so she's itty-bitty, but she's so cute and super and fun. probably spunky. Super spunky. Yep. Okay. I can picture her. She's super spunky, funny. Everyone loves her. Outgoing. But the divorce she's going through has been really hard on her. And she's really down about it. But she'll do anything for her kids They're keeping her going, you know, as a mom. Her family says she's always been mentally strong, so they knew she'd be fine once things got settled. So they're not worried. They're just going to be there for her and help take care of her. Nicole, at this point, she decides she wants to put herself out there again into the dating scene. So she gets on dating apps and her sister's worried about her being vulnerable with all the dangers online, obviously. And her sister, her name's Melissa, made sure to warn her about online dating dangers and all of that kind of stuff. But Nicole was smart. And she's like, no, 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 no. You know, I got this. I know what to do. I know how to be careful. 
I'm not going to let fear hold me back. I need to get oh, myself no. out there again. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, she's not looking for anything super serious, but she just wants to dip her toes in the water, you know, see okay, what's yeah. out there. See what's out there outside of the 7,000 people. There's got to be somebody else out there. There's got to be somebody out there. She knows all them. (laughs) She's like, I've known you all forever, so. Right. Nicole and her friend Carrie had fun together going through her potential dates and their profiles, you know, laughing at some and being like, oh, yes, this guy's hot. This guy sucks. I've done that for my friend. I was like, let me, let me see that. Nope. Nope. Yep. Nope. No. Yes. Nope. Nope. Yeah. And she's exactly. like, what are you saying? And I'm like, don't worry about it. I got, yeah, this. I got this. Exactly. And that's this what Carrie you. was for her. It was perfect. So eventually Nicole comes across a profile she liked. Okay. His name's John Harris. He's 29. So John's have not worked very well in this podcast. I'm they just going to put that oh, out there. Good point. You're right. John's have not, John's have have not come not, out good get yeah, in this podcast. You're okay. right. You're right. So his name was with John what? John Harris. John and Harris. he's 29. So he's just her age that she okay. meets. And he's exactly her type. She's attracted to the rugged outdoorsy hunter type. And that's exactly oh. what John was. Okay. John and his friend Matt Martino had been friends for about 10 years, and they're both bouncers at the same bar. Oh, okay. And Matt, his friend, describes John as, and I thought this was was great, he's a, quote, big, dumb country boy. (laughs) (laughs) That is terrible, but I I, I I can envision him. I got it. (laughs) That's a good friend right there. (laughs) Big, dumb country boy. Whose friends uh, called him Big John. Oh no! I know we we've done Big John before. We've been down this, this road. This is a different Big John. It did not turn out well. Okay, no. So this John is six foot eight inches tall. Remember Nicole's four nine. <laughs> I huge. I'm just picturing the logistics of it all, and it's not right. <laughs> This is a large man. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So apparently John's on tons of dating sites. Matt said that John has a flock of women always on deck because he's very outgoing, super flirty, and he's good looking. Okay. So he has no lack of. His nickname is Big John. Big John. I mean, you know, how are you going to resist? So Nicole starts chatting with him online. You know, she's. She's doing it safely first, just chatting with online. She really likes how he's presenting himself. You know, he's funny. He's nice. Mm-hmm. He's charming. And after getting to know each other through their online and phone chats, John asks Nicole if they could meet in person. Okay. Nicole's kind of guarded, but she's excited. She tells her sister, I'm seeing someone and we're going to go on a super casual date. Nothing formal or stressful or fancy. Instead... Okay. They go to the bar that John and Matt work as bouncers. <laughs> hmm. Which I was like, I guess that's okay. okay. I mean, at least it's a safe spot, you know. Yeah, it was a public location. Mm-hmm. Right. Witnesses. Witnesses. Okay. People know him really well there, so. Yeah, okay, okay. John told Matt he's bringing a cute little gal to the bar that night. <laughs> cute little gal, like I could fit little, her in my pocket. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got, I got my pocket girlfriend. Right. <laughs> and that they're going to hang out and maybe some play some pool there because it's like a bar and pool. Okay. So the bar they meet at is called Jeepers. <laughs> like like Creepers? Jeepers, like Jeepers Creepers? Creepers, yeah. <laughs> so oh, they God. meet at Jeepers and John's okay. friend Matt is the bouncer on duty that night. Okay. So he's able to get a good look at John's date. So Nicole, being as teeny as she is, and John being as ginormous as he is, he's like laughing about the distinction between them. He's like, holy oh, I shit. Bet. Their size discrepancy <laughs> didn't bother the, the couple, though. Okay. <laughs> Matt okay. saw them flirting and laughing, and they had lots of drinks and bar food, and they're having a blast. So their first date seems to be success. Okay. And All after right. the date, Nicole gets home. She tells her fans fans her family all her fans they probably are you know they're (laughs) friends and family right she tells all her fans about john and says he's a nice normal guy and reassured him that she'd done everything right she met him in public told everyone where she's going Mm -hmm. just like everyone's warn warns her to do so her 
her. Although I feel that like on a first meeting, it's way too soon to say anyone's normal. Right. I it's feel true. like that's, that's a little that's quick. That's true. To- they seem normal, maybe. Maybe they, you just right. don't know. No one lets their full crazy oh, out on the first God, date. No. That's of course not. You would never in. get it. Yeah, you would never get a second date. <laughs> right, you know exactly. So her family and friends are happy for her, and, and it seems like life's on the upswing for Nicole. Okay, you know, finally, yeah. she's going through so much, and they're just like, "Great, I'm glad for you. You're confident. This is great." So they, the couple continues to message and talk, and they decide, "Let's meet up again for another date." You know, and this is a couple weeks later, so it's you okay. know they've taken their time. Again, John takes her to Jeepers. I mean, you, you know, I was he does thinking, know that there's other places, right? I know. Maybe you can branch out a little. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe there's only, I mean, it's a small place. I don't know. I guess that's true, too. <laughs> maybe that's I the mean, only bar. Okay. <laughs> She's okay with it. Okay. So before the date, Nicole's friend Carrie comes over and helps her pick out outfits to wear. You know, they go through the closet and choose different things. Okay. And Nicole keeps begging Carrie to go because John knows everybody there and and Nicole's like, come on, it'd be so much fun for you, too. You know, we, I just want you there, too, because we could have fun and you could go along and all that kind of stuff. And Carrie's like, oh, I just don't I'm not in the mood. You know, I don't want to go outside. So she's like, OK, so she goes alone. I think she kind of wanted a friend. You know how John probably knew everybody in the bar. Oh, yeah. So why and don't you so, come too? Yeah. I would feel weird about you want me to come with on your second. Date? I know. Right. <laughs> what did I, I thought of that, too. Like, oh. But since he's always hanging out in crowds, she's like, oh, what's yeah, another but person? Yeah, I, I, but, you know, I also know, like, if I'm not if I'm not in the mood to go out, mm-hmm. you don't want me out. I'm not going to be – I'm going to be not fun. Yeah, boring. <laughs> yeah, and just, right. like, watching the clock. Okay, can I just go right. now? Yeah, that's me too. So Nicole told her mom that she'd be home by midnight or soon after because she had to work the next day at her retail job. And going out wasn't unusual for Nicole, but she's always super responsible – um, her mom was quoted as saying she played hard, but she worked hard too. So she was always on time to work. Okay. Always responsible. I don't know what that's like, but that sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next day was June 7th of 2015. And at 6 a.m., Nicole's mom woke up and she gets up and she looks for Nicole through the house. And she's like, huh, oh she's not here. So she thought, well, maybe Nicole got here early and slipped out to work early because she did have an early shift. So then she calls Nicole's work to see if she was there, but she hadn't shown up for her shift. And that's when she knew something super wrong. She never misses work. So at about 7 a.m. the same morning, Nicole's sister became concerned when Nicole hadn't shown up to drop off her son for her to watch. She watches Nicole's kids while Nicole's at work and she didn't show up. So her phone rang and it's Nicole's friend Carrie asking if she'd seen her talk to Nicole because Carrie was terrified after. Or had, she hadn't heard from Nicole because she was like, after the date, usually Nicole calls me right away. You know, I get all the details. She didn't call. Have it's you nice heard from her? she has this close support system. Yeah. Who are. They're on top of shit. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's nice. Not that it seems to have helped in this situation. They're all kind of freaking out because she'd never leave her son or not show up to work. So she wouldn't oh, be God. the type to okay. run off. So on a cliffhanger, let's take a break. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I want to know. Okay. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. Yeah, no joke. My phone keeps telling me that my screen time has skyrocketed within the last year. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age, and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. So, with no word from Nicole or sighting of her car, her mom reported her missing to the police. So, they didn't even see her car anymore. John Delgado, he's the detective sergeant for the local sheriff's department, 
he gets in on the investigation into Nicole's disappearance and they start investigating right away. Good. So okay. Do any of this 24 hour, 48 oh, hour Oh, good. Shit. Yeah. Or the, well, she may have just stayed out all yeah, night. She or, might have run off. Maybe she got lucky and she didn't come <laughs> home, you know. Right. You know, a mom's going to at least call. Like, yes. Yeah, right. Staying at friends or something. Mm-hmm. But they figure out Jeepers is the last place Nicole was seen by friends and acquaintances. Matt, John's friend, the bouncer, saw Nicole and John while on their second date at Jeepers on the evening in question. He said the couple arrived together, entered the bar together, and at the beginning of the night, he said Nicole's in a great mood and she seems like she's having fun. And it's crazy because the bar has perfect surveillance system, like great CCTV. Really? And they showed a bunch of it. They show the video of them, and it's wild to see <laughs> how much bigger John is than Nicole. So you actually oh. get to see it in the CCTV. <laughs> and at one point, they even show him, like, resting his forearm on his on her head as a joke because she <laughs> he's so much bigger than her. And she's laughing. And, yeah, they're having fun. Okay. And according to Matt, John and Nicole were drinking quite a bit. John far more than Nicole, but by no means stumbling drunk. Right. Well, I would assume being that much taller, he could probably handle a little more yeah. alcohol than she could. Yeah, for sure. I, I would hope. So they stayed there for about four hours. And at closing time, Matt lets him know that it's time to go so he can close up. He gives Nicole a big hug and shakes John's hand. At that time, he said he could tell John was pretty heavily drunk by this time. Okay. Still able to walk. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I guess yeah. that's good. He can walk out of the bar. Matt watches the couple get into Nicole's Dodge Neon, and then that's the last he sees them. So Wait a minute. This six-foot-eight guy fit in a Dodge Neon? I know. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. You're right. Hmm. I've seen those cars. They're small. They're pretty darn small. <laughs> Did they, like, lay the seat down yeah. and he just, like, laid in there? <laughs> I was going to say, they probably just had to remove a, an entire section of the car. Right? Or maybe maybe hers had a sunroof and, like, yeah. could, <laughs> like, like could a stick out the top. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm glad to know that she was driving. If she, she was, was driving, yes, he was pretty far, far more gone, inebriated so. than she mm-hmm. was. Yeah. So her family and friends made posters immediately and began spreading the news all around town. Friends and strangers gathered to start searching for her like right away, and the searches became so big that about 150 to 200 people were combing fields and areas around the town for any signs of Nicole. And I mean, this is like forested forested oh, area wow. so that's like a good chunk of the town too because the town is not have that big of a population yeah it's like a third of the town the um, the town that's like between the ages of like 18 and like 60 <laughs> that could actually go yes. <laughs> june 7th the day after her disappearance detectives had gone to interview john at his house of course okay. so yeah. they want to get his versions of For sure. the timeline of their date and what happened afterwards and so i watched a show about it and in this interview they even mentioned how shockingly huge john is when they go and talk to him they said his hands are so massive that they would swallow up their hands when they shook them you know it was like <laughs> shaking a bigfoot's hand or something and they're like jesus christ this dude you know, is huge this is washington right i mean bigfoot is supposed to be maybe this is bigfoot. <laughs> you know it could be and he, he maybe he just shaved you never know totally <laughs> he just cleaned up know. a little I just cleaned up a little. <laughs> uh, so when they spoke to John, he claimed he had asked Nicole for a ride home that evening. She said no problem, but reminded him that she had to work in the morning so she wouldn't be doing anything but dropping him off. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he could get back out of the car. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's probably like, <laughs> right. can we get the jaws of life? Right. <laughs> and so he says that she took him down to a convenience store to grab something he'd wanted. Okay. He goes in and she stayed in the car. But when he comes back out, Nicole had... Take it off without him. He's like, oh. what? He says that he used the phone at the convenience store to call her. Like, dude, yeah. where'd you go? You know, I could use it right home. That's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like she didn't answer or he left a message and she didn't answer. So detectives ask him, you know, which phone did you call from? And he's like, it, it was the pay phone outside of the convenience store. They still had a pay phone in 2015? That's what he says. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> So he says, well, Nicole didn't come back to pick him up. So he had to walk all the way back to his house, which took him three and a half hours. Does he not have any other friends? <laughs> I know. He says it's like between two and three in the morning. So he's like, you know, I didn't want to wake anyone up. I decided to walk home. 
John lived six miles from the store. He walked inebriated. He walked six miles. Although I'm guessing his strides are a lot bigger than That's mine. true. I mean, so, <laughs> big footy. Right. It took him still less time than it would have taken me. Yeah. Oh, for sure me. <laughs> Plus, I mean, it's six miles. It's home? in the middle of the night. And side note, he's wearing cowboy boots. Not the best walking shoes. No. Did they, when did Uber start being like a popular thing? Is yeah, that, I mean, this is 2015. I'm trying to think, 2015. I don't, I don't know. know. Was Uber a thing? Yeah, or and plus it's a, a tiny thing? town, so they might not have had. Uh, it was, they had the one Uber guy and he was off yeah. right now. Right. <laughs> He's like, I'm in bed. It's just, it's Bob and Bob's off. Bob's like, <laughs> nope. I'm a, maybe Bob was huh. searching. Huh. Yeah, right. So investigators had a hard time believing John walked six miles in cowboy boots. In the middle of the night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they asked John, you know, you have any clue where Nicole is or her car? Because we haven't even found her car anywhere. And he's like, no, I have no clue, you know. So they begin pushing him harder and harder. And he starts like sweating and breathing really hard. And they're like, whoa, what's happening? You know, why are, are you okay? And he's like, it's just a lot to take in. I have panic attacks and, and I'm having one now. And so they're like, okay. And they have to stop the interview because his okay. reaction is so overwhelming. They're afraid like he's having heart problems or something. It's so dramatic. So, mm. so detectives head down to the store to check out John's story. And guess what? What? No phones. You know why? Because there are no pay phones in 2015. Exactly. <laughs> I know. No pay phones. It's because there's no more pay phones. My so, kids don't know what a pay phone is. Yeah, exactly. They're like, huh? Yeah, I see no phones at all. Interesting. Other than probably inside. So at the store, detectives recover the surveillance video as well. And though John claimed to have been at the store, no sign was found of him at the on the tapes at all. So he hadn't been at that store. So they already caught him in a lie. Oh. On June 8th, it's day two of her disappearance. Okay. Police get their first break. They find Nicole's car. And so police bring in their canine units to search the wooded expanse her car's discovered in. Hearing about the find, her family wondered if Nicole was in an accident, possibly, and got lost in the forest. Maybe she started oh. walking home, but being Ready tipsy. Bigfoot? Yeah. Like yeah. the actual one, not the John. Actual one, not the John actual one, not John Bigfoot. Right. Yeah. They're thinking, well, maybe she's drunk and she's walking in the dark and yeah. just somehow wander off into the woods. I mean, it is huge forest. Oh, okay. So strangely, Nicole's vehicle's found pinned between two trees. What? Pinned. And so detectives are like, this does not look like a real accident. I mean, it would be really hard to accidentally get pinned right perfectly in between yeah. these two trees. So they think it's staged. They think someone intentionally put it where it is. And the tracking dogs lead the detectives up a hill past where her car is to some retention ponds. Oh, so they drain 40,000 gallons of water from the retention ponds to search for her. But there's no sign of her or any <gasps> evidence. So, I mean, they're doing everything they can oh possibly do. Oh, my God. So far, they only have one suspect. But they didn't want to fall into the trap of tunnel vision, you know. Oh, but yes, right. How many of them do? Good for them. But with John's story not adding up, they take him down to the station to photograph him, just in well, case. Yeah. Smart. So they have him pull up his shirt and have him wear shorts, and he is covered in scratches. <gasps> He's got scrapes from his knees all the way to his elbows, on his sides, and even on his back. Oh. And they were asking him, dude, what happened? He he wouldn't say anything. He refused to explain. I I crawled the six miles. Yeah. <laughs> through yeah. the brush. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, my God. So police are, this time are like, Interesting. he's good for and this. And he's you just know. like, what? You guys don't all look like this too? It's just how I look. I'm a bouncer. <laughs> I had to bounce. <laughs> I had to bounce. Right. I'm really a Bigfoot. I'm really a Yeti. And I shaved and yes. I gouged myself in the process. <laughs> Severely. Because I have to mm -hmm. use a giant shaving mm -hmm. brush. Not one of those puny little things. Yes. <laughs> so they think he's good for it, but they can't arrest him they don't have a body they don't have anything they don't have any evidence so now <gasps> it's the 13th of june and nicole's been missing for seven days oh my god so police at this point are able to get a warrant because of the pictures of his wounds and stuff for john's okay. home his house is in an area super close to an army base and for this reason the fbi gets involved 
Oh. So apparently, whenever there's a crime near an army base, the FBI has jurisdiction because it's federal land. But it wasn't on the army base. No. But it was close enough, yeah, oh, that they could hmm. kind of edge it to that. I you didn't know, know like, that. Oh, okay. let's have them help. So the FBI has at their disposal tools that regular police and oh, investigators sure, don't have. Right? So they're like, yes, come on in. Help us out. So they found a reason to detain John, but it wasn't for murder. <laughs> when the FBI searched his home, they found hundreds of weapons parts and thousands of rounds of ammunition. Like oh. a shit ton. Yeah. So the ammunition, and I didn't know this. This seems weird to me, but the ammunition was manufactured out of state. So once it came into Washington state, it was deemed unlawful possession of ammunition, which is a federal crime. Isn't that weird? I would think like, isn't what? all ammunition probably made somewhere else and brought in? I I never heard that each state had its own ammunition no. before. That's That seems weird to me. So something's strange. Okay. All right. So they're able to grab John for that charge. Okay. Well, whatever. They're... Yeah, as long as you get something. Yeah. So John's like super arrogant. And in his mugshot, he's like smirking. He's like, oh, they got wow. nothing to worry about. They got nothing. That's going to come back to haunt you if you smirk in your mugshot. That's never a good, <laughs> that's never a good move. So having John in jail and out of the way gave detectives valuable time to gather further evidence against him for Nicole's disappearance. In the garage, during their search, they found blood-stained clothing, and that was sent in for evidence. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. And police went and interviewed Matt, John's friend from the bar. <laughs> I like how I wrote this. They got learned more details. <laughs> they got learned more details. Got learned it? <laughs> <laughs> and they learned more details about the night of John and Nicole's date. Matt revealed that on the night in question, he'd seen something in John he hadn't seen previously. And mind you, I mean, they had been friends for 10 years and he hadn't really seen this. Okay. So a former girlfriend of John's arrived at Jeepers accompanied by her new boyfriend that same night of their date, of John and Nicole's date. And John's mood and demeanor completely changed. This is why go somewhere else. There's got to be at least two bars in the town, right? I mean, oh my God. you might run into your ex that you still have feelings for. Oh, snap. He still had feelings, but she had clearly moved on. And Matt said there was a point in the night where John was sitting by himself in the outdoor patio area of the bar, stewing and angry. And he grabbed a beer bottle and smashed it on the ground. Oh, my. Matt, since he's on duty, goes out there and he's like, Dude, uh, you yeah. can't, you can't do that shit, you know? And so and you should know, <laughs> right. You work here. here too. Yeah. And so right. in reaction to that, John grabs another bottle and he throws it across the yard and smashed it on the brick wall. Oh, so, he was not in his right mind at all. So Matt's like, dude, knock it off, you know, which is totally going to be hard to say to somebody who's your really good friend. And then this right. gigantic behemoth right. of a guy. So it's just like. Dude was losing it. He was pissed. Oh, my God. Okay. So Matt, he's the police are like, whoa, do you have any way to contact this ex-girlfriend? And Matt's like, yeah, let me get you in touch. So we all know each other. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let me get to her yeah. number. So they get a hold of her. And she said she and John had met in 2010. And they dated off and on for five years before calling it quits in 2015. So it had been really oh. pretty recent. Oh, they just ended it. Yes. So she said she could tell John was upset that night at the bar. Why did she take her new boyfriend to the bar where she knows her ex-boyfriend works? I'm guessing maybe she wanted On purpose. to kind of rub it in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Or maybe it's the only place to go in town at all. Don't have an Applebee's or anything? I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know. McDonald's. Come on. Fridays. Just, you know. <laughs> maybe McDonald's. <laughs> Walmart. So... <laughs> have our date at walmart because that is romantic oh, God. we'll pick out bath bath salts and we'll pick out bath salts <laughs> what else is that at walmart some of them have a subway in there i mean oh you do Ooh. i don't know that might be too highfalutin oh yeah okay. they could get a roasted chicken <laughs> a rotisserie chicken get a rotisserie chicken <laughs> and buy a blanket and some lawn chairs Ooh. and do a picnic yes on the lawn outside of Walmart, the near lawn. the bums. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun thing, y'all. Anyway, so the ex-girlfriend, she also gave a golden nugget of information they thought might lead them to Nicole. Oh. But we have to take a break. So oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back. It's just like I'm those... a co-host. Do I get to know? <laughs> no. You have to wait 30 seconds. <laughs> I have to wait too? Like yes. a commoner? <laughs> like a commoner. <laughs> like a peasant. Amazingly pleasant. Do you own a small business or make cool and unusual handcrafted items? We love artists and small business owners, and we would be stoked to help you get the word out about yours. Consider advertising with us through this podcast. It's super affordable, and our podcast reaches every corner of the U.S. and even worldwide. To find out more, visit odfmpodcast.com and click on the Advertise With Us link. Let's get your creativity into the hands of people who would love it. All right, so John's ex-girlfriend told police something they hoped would lead them to find Nicole. She said that while she and John were dating, they would drive home from Jeepers, because that's where they went to. <laughs> Apparently, that's where everybody he goes. He's a one-trick pony, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's like, this is where I'm going to be taking This is the place everyone. I know. Yes. <laughs> this is the only place I will ever go. So she said that when they would come home from Jeepers, they would use a route that would make it less likely to run into cops. In case they were a little tipsy. Yeah, a little tipsy. (laughs) After a night of drinking. And she said that every time they would pass a certain area on that route, John would comment on how it'd be the perfect place to bury a buddy. What? I know. And he would say every time. Weird. weird. I'm sorry. That's. Mm -hmm. Every time. I mean, I can understand once in a while, like, you know, I've thought of that before when I'm like walking a trail or something, be like, damn. That cave yeah. would be a great place for a body. I'm not going near it because that might have a body. Yeah, right. Not that I would put a body what there. What an but odd thing yeah. to say out loud every time. Every time. And yeah, when you kind of start to freak out, maybe that's why they broke up. I don't maybe know. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Well, you know. Oh. So guess where the cops go? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it's that I mean, spot. Yeah. You're so good. Oh, my God. I've been doing this podcast for a while now. So. <laughs> We've learned a lot. <laughs> John's ex-girlfriend, along with her new boyfriend, drove down to the area with the cops, with all their windows down. And they're driving, and this stench <gasps> comes in through the windows. Like, the breeze blows uh, in, in the exact area that John I think mentioned. we're onto something. Yeah. So the investigator gets out. He's like, you guys stay in the car. I'm going to go search around. And he searches, and he searches, and he finds a dead dog. A dead dog. So it wasn't a body, but a dead dog. So, isn't that bizarre? In the exact spot. Yeah. In the, yeah. This is a great place to mm-hmm. bury a pet. <laughs> no. Isn't that weird? Oh so God, they're okay. forced to go back to the drawing board. Man, I thought we were on to something here. I know. I know. So did they. They She wasn't under the, the dog, was she? Because that would be a good cover. <laughs> that would be dang. They probably just didn't check hard enough. He's right? like, you're dead like, oh, dog. Oh, no, it's out. a dog. And, you know, it's actually double smell and you don't know. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, meanwhile, friends and family are exhausted. They've been searching in 90 degree weather. Oh, my God. I know, not giving up hope this whole time. And police felt like they knew most of the answers, but couldn't prove anything. It's not going to hold up in court. No. And for everybody, sleeping at night was a struggle. Even the police, like, could not get her out of their mind. And they continued with their police dogs, searching the wide expanse of the area around her car. So a little description of this. It's one of the largest mountains in the U.S. And the forest that surrounds it is so immense that you could walk for weeks and not come across a road or another person. It's absolutely beautiful, but it's like a total dead end. So I, I, I keep thinking of as Blair Witch. If we just keep walking in the same direction, we'll get yeah. out, and they keep coming to the same damn log. <laughs> yes. So creepy. And that's, I mean, this place, they showed kind of a, you know, a big picture of it. And it's just, it's like looking at all of Canada or something. And you're oh like, my there's no way. There's no way you could find a single person in all this. But never giving up, the lead detective scoured every piece of information he had already gathered to try to find something that had been missed. And finally, 
While John's car is being searched, the detective gets a call about a device found in the car. So if you're convicted of a DUI, you may be forced to get a device installed in your car known as an interlock device. And you have to breathe into that to prove you're sober before your car will even start. John had one of these because he had a DUI. installed in his car, just... He did have it installed in his car. And that's probably why Nicole drove that night. Oh! When you breathe into the device, it takes a picture of you too. But it also randomly takes a photo because it's it's got to make sure it's you breathing into it. Like you don't have some accomplice oh, with you. Oh, okay. That makes... I'm like, why would it take your picture? Like... <laughs> They want to make sure it's you driving. That makes sense. And it'll only start if you're sober. But it also randomly takes pictures pictures while you're driving. Just of whoever the driver is. Mm -hmm. Make sure you didn't pull off off the side and let someone else drive or something. (gasps) So smart. I did not know that. I didn't either. Oh, and along with those photos, it takes down a date and time and GPS coordinates of where you're at. So they quickly download all the information from John's interlock device And they go through the photos and accompanying timestamps. And it showed John drove the car in the evening of June 7th, the day after Nicole had disappeared. The day after she disappeared. Okay. And it gave the cops the area he was at. They found from the photos the exact area he's at in the woods that evening. He went out into the woods and it took pictures and they could see in the background the exact area he was at. Plus the GPS coordinates were close. Okay. And that night was the first night of her disappearance. So June 6th, they went out. June 7th, you know, starts at midnight. Yeah. It was that night. Okay. So the area John had been in is not one that people frequent, but because of the technology, they knew where to go look. So it's kind of cool. But what a dumbass also. Like, dude. And obviously he had to blow into it to get <laughs> Yeah, right? To somewhere. So, ah. Uh, so they brought in cadaver dogs who worked the area for four days. I mean, even though four they could pinpoint days, where he was even at. Even though they pinpoint. It was so heavily wooded. Oh and, but on that fourth day, which was Father's Day, they came to a spot in a heavily wooded area where dogs pointed to something wrapped in painter's canvas. Under the canvas, wrapped in a tarp, severely decomposed, was Nicole's oh. body. Oh, my God. So she had laid dead for two weeks, having been tossed down an embankment off the side of the road. It was like a 10-foot embankment, so she had gone quite a ways. Oh, my God. So it would have been pretty far from the car. So it took a And they found her on Father's Day? On Father's Day. But her dad is like one of the most positive people I'd ever seen. He said it was a gift to him on Father's Day to find her because... Rather than not know. Yeah. He said the missing and not knowing was so much harder. Oh, my God. That it was almost like a Father's Day gift to know that they could have her back. Well, it was horrifying. It's still a terrible Father's Day gift. I know. Terrible Father's Day in general. Oof. So they send Nicole in for an autopsy. And when the autopsy is complete, what the family was to find out was even more devastating news. Oh, God. So the M.E., Revealed that Nicole suffered terribly before her death, like most painful death anyone could go through. In fact, the examiner said it was one of the most brutal cases she'd ever seen. And I mean, she had she's a pretty well-known medical examiner. Right. It's not her first time. She's no, Mm, she's seen a lot of shit. And Nicole suffered extensive skull and sternum or her collarbone fractures. Her eye socket was fractured. She had rib fractures. A lower forearm fractures, multiple oh fractures god. in her hands. Oh my god. The examiner said her chest injuries had been the result of being stomped on. <gasps> so they weren't able to say if any other weapons had been used, but substantial force had been applied. And John was big enough and she was small enough yeah. that it's possible he beat her and stomped her to death. Oh my god. I know. Her injuries were far beyond what it would have taken to kill her. So it's just like beyond overkill. Ugh, poor girl. I can't even imagine how painful. But John continued to maintain his innocence and he tried to create an alibi, leaving messages on Nicole's phone after the attack. And he had messaged a friend asking if he had been in a fight, which was assumed 
it was kind of his way of trying to come up with an explanation for all his injuries. For all of his injuries? Like, dude, I totally don't remember. Was I in a fight last night? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you kind of were, but. Big dumb cowboy. <laughs> yes, big dumb cowboy. <laughs> Some more damning evidence came after the search of his house. Analysis with luminol found the floor and walls splattered with blood. <gasps> and it came back from the labs as having been Nicole's. And the bloody clothing they had found at John's house turned out to be the sweatshirt he'd been wearing as jeepers, as they saw in the video surveillance. <gasps> so this is the one that had the blood on it. Oh that my he God. left in the garage. Yeah. Big dumb John. Oh, investigators also searched his laptop and they found unconventional searches he had done for things like murder, suffocation, rape, forced molesting rape. I mean, weird shit. What? And when Matt heard about this, his friend, he's like, whoa, I never knew he was into this kind of stuff. Like he never talked about anything like that. So it's wow. almost like it was a little more premeditated than they assumed at first. Oh. Like it wasn't, it, maybe it wasn't just a reaction to right. the ex. I like mean, it was, but. But it was something he'd been kind of fantasizing about. about. Mm-hmm. Wow. So one psychologist that was reviewing the case said that John was a man of great rage and anger, and he had developed fantasies about directing that rage into the sexual realm. And the internet became a tool to explore those sexual fantasies. And that he was basically a time bomb ready to go off oh my god so that's and the ex-girlfriend scary. lit the match yes shit, shit. Uh, so now they finally have nicole's body her dna and blood at john's house and john was charged with murder in the second degree on june 23rd of 2016 because they didn't want to do premeditated yeah i think originally hmm. they did that and i read something later that i think they might have changed it to, to first degree okay after okay. finding all the all the fun stuff on his laptop. Yeah. Although, to be honest, for researching for this podcast, I don't have some good cool stuff on my laptop. Yeah, mine's going to look really coming. damning if I do anything. It's going to be like, oh, look at what she was looking at. Be oh. sure to tell yeah. them that I did a podcast. I know. <laughs> tell them I, was, I wasn't wanting to do these things. I was oh researching God, these right. things. This was, this was research. It was. Oh, I know. The family and friends were anxious about seeing him at trial, of course. Mm-hmm. Carrie, Nicole's friend, attended the trial and said John was. Super arrogant, smirking, almost laughing at things people were saying, somehow thinking he's still going to get away from with everything because he's a big, dumb cowboy. Obviously. I don't know what he thought he had going for him. <laughs> but after being presented with the weight of evidence, John pled guilty. <laughs> oh, well, finally, he was like, oh, OK, they do oh. know a little bit. Yeah. And on Halloween of 2016, John was sentenced to 26 years in jail. Almost as many years as she was old. Oh, God. How sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's what the police think happened. Nicole took John home that night and she was a caring person and she didn't want to leave him alone. He's big and drunk and she's like, he's not going to find his way home. I'm going to take him home. Mm-hmm. And even though he's angry and in spite of or maybe because of it, he beat her to death. Drove her out to the woods in her own car, is what they think. Drove her off the side of the road and into that weird little tree thing. But it's pretty close to his home. So he was able to walk home and it wouldn't have been terribly long. And then he made his way home, cleaned up, and probably took her body in his car and threw it off the ravine. Nicole's family felt relief after his sentencing and believed that justice was done. It didn't fix anything, but at least they had her body back and John somewhere that he can't hurt anyone ever again. Ooh, the sad part was they were talking about her kids. Oh, God. They live with her family, which is nice. I think her ex-husband, I had seen something that he's in Alaska, but the kids wanted to stay, you know, in Washington. And so they stayed with her family. Oh, and they miss her terribly and they really don't understand what happened. I bet. How old were they again? They were little. Like like eight eight and four. So the little one might not even barely remember. The family said that they'll never forget the tiny ball of fire that was their beloved mother. (sighs) It's hard to think of. I know. (sighs) She did nothing. She she did did nothing. nothing. She did everything how she was supposed to do it. Yes. And she, I mean, she was responsible with going out on a dating Mm -hmm. app thing. Like, you know, hey, you guys all know where I'm going. Yeah. You know, and she talked to him for a couple of weeks first. I mean, they were talking daily and chatting. And it was, I mean, she felt like she really knew him, but 
I guess you never really know anyone, which is a little creepy. And he really didn't have anything in his past to show that he was that violent. Like they said, time mom. I still want to know whose dog that was. I know. (laughs) Probably John's. With the dog. He's like... Well, yeah, they said it'd be a great place to bury a body. Yeah. And so, like, you know, oh, you know how they say sometimes they start with animals. Ooh. What if he did something to that dog? Oh. Yeah, that's creepy. I wouldn't Sorry. put it past him. Right. So, wow. I guess I could tell you my sources. Yeah. For the big, dumb cowboy. For the big, dumb cowboy.com. No. Um, <laughs> That's probably a real site I'm going to have to check it probably out. probably is a real site. It's probably a dating site. Oh, God. BigDumbCowboys.com. Oh, man. <laughs> FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> I used the NewsTribune.com, CovingtonReporter.com, Cinemaholic.com. They're, they're becoming a thing I for know. us. ComoNewsDaily.com, DailyMail, People.com. And the TV show Swipe Right for Murder, episode two. <laughs> Nicole White. Sorry. Swipe Right for Murder. Swipe Right for Murder. <laughs> or don't. I mean, oh, I swipe right, right? I can get murdered. Okay. Oh I'm sorry. That's awesome. I know, isn't that hilarious? <laughs> swipe Right for Murder. Oh my God. I know. Well, that was a good story. Thanks for that one. And thanks for listening to us. Thank oh. you, everyone, for listening to us. What 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 did we do? Oh, oh, oh. We, <laughs> we got to do our favorite episode so far. Oh, gosh. A shout out. So a shout out to our favorite episode our we've favorite done so episode. far. You go first. What's your favorite episode so far? I'm thinking mine is the tough lady who ends up killing her attacker. What was that one? One. Oh, gosh. One. Um, what? Deflection. Deflection. Was that it? Deflection? Yes. That was good. That Who do you work for? <laughs> that was so a good one. So if you guys haven't listened to that one, you got to yes. listen to this badass woman one. That one was deflection. season three, I think. Yeah, one deflection. Season two or season three. Excellent episode. Yes. What about you? God, what's, what's my favorite? favorite? I, you know what? So my far. go-to, my favorite that I always go back to. Yes. Is one Daryl. Daryl. I laughed <laughs> so hard. It's just such a crazy story. <laughs> and there I were feel so many like good elements. It's kind of where we kind of started to get into our groove after like a couple of episodes and stuff. And it was just, I mean. It does that, involve everything. That is one of those where it's just, uh, you can't make this shit no. up. Oh, ostriches. Right? Oh, it was bizarre. If it was presented as a movie plot, They'd oh, get they would reject out of the it. They would be like, like "You've got to be joking!" Yeah, <laughs> that, that's true. That, that was season one. one. That was, and so the technical skills aren't quite there, and the audio isn't perfected, but the story but is the story is beautiful. so good. <laughs> All right, so go back and listen to those two, you guys. Go back and listen to those for sure. Yes. Um, and so if good. there is um, a story that you've heard of, or you know, or you'd like to know more of. Send it in. Contact us either on, you can get to us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or you can go to our email, but it's all ODFM podcast. So it's ODFM podcast yep. at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter and all that. And yeah, we're always looking for a, another good, you can't make that shit up. Yes. <laughs> those story. tend to those be the best. Mine too. Mine too. And I think that's the yes. two we described. And, yeah, and one dick is, as well. That one's <laughs> also that is a good one too. Really? Oh shocking. yeah, one, yeah. That's another one where you're yeah. like, that's not. That real. can't be real. It was real. <laughs> it's not. Oh, oh that God. went down at all. Is no, it? <laughs> it was. There's so many more stories to be found. So oh, yeah, God, send yeah. them so, in. Absolutely. Let us know if there's some other good ones because you know we can only research so much. We need. To yeah. Let us know. You if know. you want to write one of our episodes for us. Hells yes. Oh, we'll read it out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Send us. Then we'll both read it and be like, what the? (laughs) Yeah. And then we'll be (laughs) equally shocked. Yes, exactly. Or uh, send in sticker designs and art. We'd love that shit. So. Oh, yes, please. And and, and if you can subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us, but just share us. Let people know about Mm -hmm. us. uh, Like and share. Like and share, please. Mm -hmm. And thank you again for listening. We appreciate all of you. you We love you guys. Yes. 
Thank you. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. To see images from this story, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast or on our website at odfmpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store, where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like minisodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash odfmpodcast. And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful.